for all those who are joining us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are here to pour onto us one more time the liquid love of the Father. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voice and just ask the Holy Spirit to pour into our hearts a greater love, greater love, greater love, greater love, greater love in the name of Jesus. Lord, I receive a greater love, a greater dimension of your love in my heart in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are so excited that you are joining us this morning. I believe so strongly that today the word of God is going to bring healing and deliverance unto you. I believe that this morning, by the help of the Holy Spirit, God's word will be made life in every area of your lives. Hallelujah. What a joy and a privilege for us to be partaking of the word of life. The word of life. Jesus told the Jewish, he said, search the scriptures for in that you think you have eternal life. So we are here one more time to search the scriptures to see what is in the scriptures for us. Praise the Lord. So I want you to pay attention. I want you to be attentive to the word of the Lord. Because I believe so strongly that God's love will enter into a new dimension. You will enter into a new dimension in the love of Christ. Praise the Lord. So we started this series by establishing the, the fact that the law, the, the commandment that was given in the law is no longer a commandment for us. But that commandment has been put in our hearts where the scripture says that the love of Christ has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus quoted this scripture, thou shalt love the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, uh, most people still don't, they have not yet gotten that understanding that Jesus quoted the law. And that this scripture does not apply to us in the sense that the love of Christ is not in our heart. We have the capacity, we have the grace, we have the, the strength to love the Lord with all our heart. So you and I, under new dispensation, we can love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. Praise the Lord. Now, this is something that they couldn't do in the Old Testament. And Moses even told them in the book of Deuteronomy, that a time is coming, Deuteronomy 30 verse 6, that God was going to circumcise their heart for them to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their minds. Hallelujah. And we look at the part two of this message where we, we saw that walking in love is what is missing in the body of Christ. Walking in love is what is missing in the body of Christ. And it is affecting the way we relate to others. It's, it affects the way we do things. Even affects the way we, we, we relate to our fellow human beings. Praise the Lord. The love of Christ cannot fail. We also saw that God's love, when you start walking in God's love, your dreams and your visions 
cannot fail. They will surely come to pass when you start walking in God's love. Hallelujah. So we are looking at today's message, Growing in Love. And I want I, we are going to be making some contrast here. There are two kinds of people mentioned in the Bible. And we are going to look at this type of people in the Bible. And the examples given in the Bible will help us to determine where we are. And this will also help us to break free from the flesh realm into the spirit realm where we can start walking in the spirit, growing in love. You see, the love of God does not keep accounts of evil done to it. The love of Christ does not keep accounts of suffered wrong. The love of Christ does not have any account. Whether, in fact, the love of Christ cannot have any account of evil done to it. The love of Christ cannot have what? An account of evil done to it. First Corinthians chapter 13. Now, before we go into scripture, look at this. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 14. These are great passages that I want you to take time and study these passages of, uh, uh, in this book of First Corinthians. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, he began to talk about spiritual gifts. The church in Corinthians, they were known of their spirituality. They, are, they were known as a church that was endowed with spiritual gifts. And Paul never, you know, told them that they didn't have these gifts. In fact, he commended them with the gifts of the Spirit that was manifested in them. And then, verse 13, Paul took his time, a whole, a whole chapter took his time to write to these people, telling them how the gifts of the Spirit will not profit them and will not make any good out of them if they lack this one thing called walking in love. So, most creatures, most, most people say, well, we preach too much about the love of Christ, which is preached to sinners about their sins and then tell them about how God will judge them, all of that. There's nothing wrong. Those are all messages that we have to preach to sinners. But do you understand that for a whole chapter to be devoted for one message, the love of Christ, that is to tell you the importance of that message in the heart of God. A whole chapter was devoted. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, devoted a whole chapter about God's love. And I will want you to read 1 Corinthians 13 in the Amplified Version of the Bible. Read it in the Amplified Version of the Bible. It will amplify those words unto you. It's very important for, you, for us to understand the place of God's love. Hallelujah. Now, how would men and women out there who are not born again, how would they know that we are the children of God, we are the disciples of God? If you look at first uh, John Gospel, John Gospel chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, the scripture made it clear. Jesus said, love one another. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. And then he said that, verse 35, by this shall all men know. Now, I want you to underline that phrase, verse 35, John 13, 35. It said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples 
by this. So there is no other way that unbelievers out there will know that you and I, we are the children of God. They will, there is no other way they will know that we are the disciples of Christ except by the way of love. By the way of what? Love. So that means that the people out there, they will see our love, they will witness our love, they will see the tangibility of our love, they will see the practicality of our love, and that will make them, that will tell them that these men and women, they are the disciples of Christ. They are the disciples of what? Christ. So it's important for us to understand that as a Christian, you will not be known by you going to church. You will not be known by your prayers. You will only be known by your love work. Praise the Lord. Put that as a statement. As a Christian, you will only be known by your love work. As a Christian, you will be known by the level of love that you are walking in. Not by going to church. They will, you won't attract unbelievers. They won't know that you are disciples of Christ. Even if you go to church 10 times a day, it don't make any difference. They will all let know. It said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. So you are known as a disciple of Christ by the level of love that you are walking, by the dimension of God's love that you are walking in, not by the level of how many times you go to church or how many times you pray or how many times you fast. Hallelujah. Even though prayer and fasting is good, it will profit you little if you don't step into the God kind of love that is already in your spirit. Walking in this kind of love will help your prayer and your fasting, will enable your prayers and your fasting. Praise the Lord. As believers, God wants our love to grow. God wants us to keep growing in love. Praise the Lord. God wants us to keep what growing in love. Now, the other time I tried to quote a phrase from a sentence from Kenneth Hagan. I didn't get it completely, but look at what he said here. He said, as long as you can be selfish, sensitive, and can be hurt, you are a babe in Christ and cannot grow. And cannot grow. Say, as long as you can be selfish, sensitive, and hurt. So underline those words, selfish, sensitive, and hurt. It says you are a babe in Christ, a baby in Christ. You cannot grow. You cannot grow. So be sensitive to what people say about you. Be sensitive to your environment. Be sensitive to how people look at you. Be sensitive to what people say be sensitive to everything that has to do with your life brings you into the babyhood of Christianity. Means that you are still in the babyhood of Christianity. And this is how you can measure to know where you are right now. You can measure to know whether you are still at this level or you have passed that level or you need to move to an, another level. So one of the ways you will know you are not growing in love is how sensitive are you? How sensitive are you? And I'm quoting what the great man of God, the man of love, Kenneth Hagin, said. He said, as 
as long as you can be selfish, sensitive, and hurt, you are a baby in Christ and not and cannot grow. So be selfish, be sensitive, and you can be hurt. It's an indication of babyhood in the things of God. And that will make you, that will hinder your growth. But we are told in first, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul was commending them of the of their faith, how their faith was growing. And also Paul commended them how their love was growing. Praise the Lord. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Praise the Lord. He commended them of their love, their faith. He also commended them of their love. He said their love was growing. And not only that, he said men and women, he said it was being broadcast uh, abroad. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. I read. He said, I, Paul, and Silvanus, and Timothy, unto the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you, it's a grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. He said, Your faith groweth what? Exceedingly. And your love of every one of you, exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you, every one of you, all towards each one another. You see that? He said, we are bound, if you read it in the New Translations, he said, we are bound to give thanks unto God that your faith is growing and your love for one another is growing exceedingly. Your love for one another is growing exceedingly. This is so important that the church in Thessalonica was commended by Paul. Paul, you know, praised them of their love. He praised them because two things that are so important to a Christian, his love and his faith. These two things were at work in this church. These things were at what? It was at work in this church. He said their faith and their love was growing exceedingly. Their faith and their love was growing exceedingly. Praise the Lord. So we can say that the church in Thessalonians proved that it is possible as believers to grow in love. Praise the Lord. To grow in love. Alright. Now, as a, as a born again Christian, you are no longer under the control of this world. You are now under the control and the influence of the word of God. The people that are not born again, those that are not in the things of God, they are governed and controlled by demonic influence. Or some of them have been possessed. But there is a similarity of people who are born again and not growing in love and people who are not in the things of God, who are not born again. And that is one thing I want you to, I want you to pay attention to. Men who are not born again, who are not in Christ Jesus, they don't have the God kind of love in them. They can't grow in love. 
They can't grow in love like the believers that were in Thessalonica. They were growing in faith and growing in love. They were growing in faith and growing in what? In love. But the people who are in the world, they cannot grow in love. They don't have the God kind of love in them. They can't exercise the God kind of love. But as a believer, if you are not growing in love, listen carefully, as a believer, if you are not growing in love, you will most certainly be, behave like an unbeliever. For example, if you read the book of... Um, if you go to 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Hallelujah. Please pay attention and invite your friends to share this broadcast. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Look at what the scripture says here. Let me start from verse 13. It said, But which things also we speak, not in the words which mass wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Then verse 14, he says here, But the natural man, so underline that phrase, the natural man. Who is this man? Now, this is a man who, that is not born again. This is a man who is not in Christ Jesus. This is a man whose spirit is not made new. This is a man who is governed by demonic influence. He is, his mind is controlled by demons. Demons can speak to him. He can act. He can do anything. Demons can influence him anyhow. He's ruled by his, his flesh. That's the natural man. He said, but the natural man receive not the things of the spirit for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually descent so this is a man that is not born again a man that his spirit is not made new a man who is not in christ jesus a man that is governed and controlled and ruled by the devil now, if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, you will see this man again mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul said that from henceforth, be not like other Gentiles, walking in the vanity of your minds. He said that he went on, he said that whom the children of this, the children of, uh, the, that, the children of this world, who walk after the disobedience that is in this world, they are controlled by the power that controls the air. Ephesians chapter 4, gives us a glimpse or a more broad understanding into this carnal man, into this natural man. He's a man controlled by the powers of the air. He's a man that is being influenced by demonic forces. He's a man that will do anything. He doesn't care much about God. He doesn't have anything to do with God. He's on his own. That same man, this man here, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, is in Ephesians chapter 4. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, you, this, you see this man in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, I want to bring you to something here. If you, if you go to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, just backwards, you will notice something about this natural man that most believers are exhibiting. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 9. Romans 8, 6 to 9. Now, if you look at verse 5, verse 5 says that, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Now, the natural man that we are looking at in 1 Corinthians 2, 14 is a man of the flesh. Is a man of the what? The flesh. His mind is preoccupied with fleshly things. He cannot please God. He's always doing the things that that satisfies the flesh. He said, by data after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, to be carnally minded, to you see the word carnal. The word carnal there is also translated fleshly, flesh, or natural. Now, Paul is writing these letters not to believe, uh, not to unbelievers, but to believers. That a believer can actually live like a natural man. A believer can actually live like a what? A natural man. A believer can be influenced by demons. A believer can be what? Can be influenced by demons. Now, hold, hold on a minute. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I, I want to show you one of the reasons why if you, are not, if you don't grow in love, spiritual warfare won't benefit you. If you don't grow in love, spiritual warfare won't do what? I don't care how many times you do this spiritual warfare thing. It won't benefit you. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 13. To we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man Unto the stature of the measure, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. Look at this: be no more what children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and by the coming and coming craftiness, whereby they live, they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow. Speaking the truth in love may do what? May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even in Christ. You see that? Speaking the truth in love may grow. He said, so that you are no longer a child. You are no longer blown away by every doctrine. You see, so if you are not growing in love, you can be blown away by doctrines. You can be carried away by strange doctrines. Strange what doctrines. Now, the scripture went on to say in verse 17 going, he began to say this, having their understanding, uh, verse 17, this I say therefore, and testifying the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walked in the vanity of their minds. So Paul was rebuking the church in Ephesus, telling them not to behave like Gentiles. Now, these were people born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. These were people having the gifts of the Spirit. But Paul was telling them not to behave as Gentiles, not to behave as carnal men, not to behave like natural men. You see, so you can be a Christian and walk as a natural man. 
And as long as you remain in that stage of being a natural man, you cannot control demons. You cannot have you you cannot dominate demonic influence. And the reason why a Christian will remain at this level is because that Christian is not growing in love. Paul is speaking in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow. Speaking the truth in love may grow. So when you speak the truth in love, you will do what? You will grow. The natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. This is a man who is not born again. The life of Christ is not in his spirit man. But this man cannot understand the things of God. So also is a Christian who is born again, but not growing in love. A Christian who is born again and not growing in love is a natural man. His behavior is like a natural man. This Christian will not be able to distinguish when God is speaking to him. This Christian will not be able to know when the hand of God is at work. This Christian will not understand what is already in the Bible for him. He will not be able to take advantage of the blessings of God in the word of God for him. So you, you see that growing in the things of God is like growing physically. Now, can you imagine having a child who is 20 years old and it's, you still have to change their diapers. You still have to feed them. Um, can you imagine when he should be out there working, having a job? You know, when he should be out there as a grown-up, he's still at home with you. Imagine the pain that you have if you have a son like that, if you have a child like that. Imagine the pain of the mother, the pain of the father. No natural father will want to see their children when they are grown up, when they're supposed to be married, they are still home doing nothing. The parents are still feeding them, still taking care of them, do, you know, doing everything for them. No natural father will be happy to see that. How do you think God feels? As a Christian, you are not growing. You are still at the same spot. You know, you get, you are sensitive, you are, you are walking in carnality, you are backbiting, you are jealous. All the works of the flesh are all manifesting in your life. How do you think God will feel? How do you think God will feel? So it breaks God's heart when we don't grow. And the only way to grow in the things of God is to grow in love. You don't grow in the things of God by having a spiritual gift. Amen. I know so many people, they are, they are even called prophets who are very carnal. They are what? They are very carnal. There are men and women of God today who are performing miracles, signs, and wonders, but you cannot call them spiritual men. They cannot be called grown up men. They cannot be called spiritual men. They are carnal men because they are not walking in love. The church in Corinthians. They have the gift of the Spirit manifesting in them. But Paul told them, I cannot speak to you as spiritual men because you are still carnal men. This is so sad. These are Christians. They have the word of knowledge manifesting in their lives, the word of wisdom, the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, the weapon of miracles, the sending of spirits, interpretations of tongues, and diversities of tongues. 
and the gift of prophecy, the gifts of descending of spirits, all the nine gifts of the spirit manifested in the church of Corinthians, yet Paul called them carnal Christian. He called them what? Carnal Christian. Praise the Lord. Paul called them what? Carnal Christian. Let's, 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 let's go back there. We'll come to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go back to First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. First Corinthians 2 14. Look at what the word of God says here. But the natural man received not. The natural man. The word natural means there. The word natural over there also means carnal man. A man whose heart is dark. His spirit is not made new. He said, this man cannot receive the things of God. And yet Paul is telling believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter Just right after Paul started talking about the carnal man, he went on to say this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. And brethren, and he said, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal men, as natural men. You see, so Paul began his, Paul, Paul started in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 2, and he began to contrast between the spiritual man and the natural man. And then in chapter 3, Paul told them expressly, Paul told the church in Corinthians, he said, I cannot speak to you as spiritual men. Why? Because you are carnal men. You are what? Carnal men. Look at it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual men or spiritual but as unto carnal men, natural men. So Paul was relating to the Christians in Corinthians as though they have never been born again. Paul was talking to them as though they don't have the life of Christ in them. He said, I can't speak to you as spiritual men. You are still carnal. Your behavior is as those who have not received Christ in them. Your behavior is like those who are not born again. Your behavior is like those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's what Paul said here. Carnal men, even as unto babies in Christ. Even as unto what? Babies in Christ. Paul said, I am speaking to you, not as spiritual men, but as babies in Christ. Is it a baby in Christ, a carnal man? You can engage in warfare today till that kingdom come can never win a spiritual battle. It's as simple as that. And that's the reason why. Don't be impressed by how much warfare you can do. Don't be impressed by how many days you can fast. As long as you are not growing in love, you are not spiritual. <laughs> Is somebody listening to me? If you are not growing in love, you are not spiritual. And if you are not spiritual, you cannot descend the things of the spirit. 
That means you cannot walk in victory. You cannot walk in victory. So this is so serious. Paul is talking about carnal Christians. Paul is talking about a natural man who cannot receive the things of the spirit. And he equated the church in Corinthians to natural men who cannot receive the things of the spirit. This is sad. Don't let this be named. Don't be in this group at all. No, don't be in this group. Don't be in this group. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. Look at what Paul told, said about first, uh, the church in Corinthians. Verse 4 and 5. He said, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God given, which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge. So, look, it's not they had knowledge, they have utterance, but they were not growing. They were not growing. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, so that he, he said, even, let's, let's read verses 7. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you can't be hand in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is telling them that when it comes to spiritual gift, no church is ahead of you. You are not behind in spiritual gifts. Hallelujah. Let's read it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 to 7. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched in him, in all utterance. So when it comes to utterance, the church in Corinthians, they were not last. They were probably first. When it comes to knowledge, he said, and in knowledge, they were not last either. Even as the testimony of Jesus Christ was confirmed in you, then Paul said in verse 7, so that ye come behind in no gift. You are not behind in any spiritual gift. You have the word of knowledge in, in your midst. You have the word of wisdom, the gift of faith, the gift of healing. You have the word of miracles, the gift of prophecy, descending of spirits, interpretations of tongues, diversities of tongues. He says you are not behind. Yet, Paul said, I cannot call you spiritual. I cannot call you spiritual. He says you are still babies. With all the nine gifts manifesting in the church of Corinthians, he said they are what? They are still babies. So you can have a prophet today running a huge church with thousands of people following him and he is still a baby in the things of God. You can have a man of God with spiritual gift, with the demonstration of the power of God in his ministry and he is still a spiritual baby. He is still a carnal Christian. I'm not the one saying it. This, this is what Paul is saying. Read it. Um, if you read this in the new translations, it will make much sense to you. So spiritual gifts are not a proof of spirituality. They are not a proof that you are walking in love. 
In fact, most of the scandals that we are witnessing these days are all traceable to men and women with spiritual gifts. Powerful manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. And you will hear things that they are doing, things that they are involved, and you are asking yourself, how? How can he manifest such gifts and still be involved in these things? It is true. As a Christian, you can manifest the gifts of the Spirit. You can manifest the gift of healing and still be a carnal Christian. I will never forget a great man of God in his studies. The healing anointing was so strong in him that everywhere this man went, he took over the whole city in no time. And then the Lord spoke to Kenneth and said, go and tell him that if he does not judge himself and start walking in love towards the brethren, he will not live to cross his status. And that it was so, as God spoke to Kenneth Hagan about him. He did not judge himself. He refused to grow. He didn't live. He died in his status. With one of the most powerful gifts of the spirit in his life. With an anointing that was unmatched in his days. He died young. He didn't live to fulfill his ministry. So Paul started in 1 Corinthians commending them about the gifts of the Spirit in them, commending them about knowledge and utterance. But when it came to chapter 3, Paul told them exactly their state. Even though you have the gifts of the Spirit manifesting in you, even though you don't lack in utterance, you don't lack in knowledge, you are spiritual babies. You are spiritual babies. You are carnal. And these are the things that made Paul to conclude that they were carnal Christians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 again. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is what made Paul tell them this. Verse 1 to 4. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babies in Christ. For I fed you with milk. I fed you with what? With milk. And not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. He said, I gave you milk. You know, milk will make a child to grow. But a child cannot keep drinking milk to become a man. He must start eating certain solid food. Then from there he will grow up into manhood. That's the same thing with spiritual things. You begin with milk, but you can't stay there. You have to move to the next level. To meat and to strong meat. Praise the Lord. So now Paul told them in verse 3, For ye are yet carnal. The reason why Paul could not feed them, Paul could not give them the, the right diet. The reason why they remained in that level was that Paul said, ye are still carnal. The word carnal means fleshly. Flesh. Body ruled. Demon controlled. Demon influenced. So, listen carefully. The church in Corinthians, they have the gifts of the spirit, but they were influenced by demons. Demons could influence their behavior. Their behaviors could be influenced by demons. They could. That is what Paul said. No one who is filled with the spirit of God can say Jesus is cursed. So, in the midst of these spiritual gifts, the church in Corinthians, in their midst, where spiritual gifts were manifesting, were calling Jesus a curse. 
We're saying Jesus is cursed. That's what Paul, that's what Paul has to write to them. He said, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Man, so many things in the church in Corinthians. People, we, we have the church in Corinthians in our midst today. They are there. Powerful gifts, but spiritual babies. Powerful demonstration of signs and wonders, but spiritual babies. They are there. They are in our midst today. They are in our midst today. Carnal Christians with the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And un unfortunately, most Christians are drawn to that. For I, I was telling somebody, a man of God yesterday, I said, just change your name and put the word prophet so so and so and see how many people will start following you and liking your page. It, it, it's automatic. This gift does not prove spirituality. They don't. They don't prove spirituality. They don't make you spiritual. The gifts of the spirit does not make you spiritual. So when you see a man of God demonstrating the gift of the spirit, you are most liking or you are most looking at the most spiritual baby you've ever seen. Hallelujah. I didn't want to stay in this area, but my spirit is just, you know, I think we have to say this. To deliver so many innocent souls. So you, so you are in a ministry where the man of God is a baby. I don't know when you will enter into spiritual hood. Hallelujah. He said, For ye are yet carnal. Verse 3. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? He said, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Look at today. In all these so-called prophetic ministries that we have today. Look at so-called men of God out today. Standing on the pulpit. Bashing each other. You know, envying each other. Talking about, I mean, so many divisions in the body of Christ today. Yet, with spiritual gifts. With the gifts of the Spirit manifesting in their midst. With the demonstration of the Spirit of God in their midst. So, what is the proof that you are not growing in love? Number one, strife. Number two, envy. Number three, divisions. <laughs> Bitterness. Paul said that, for you walk as men. The word men means that common men, mere men, common men. And that word, the men, is the one that Paul used in 2 Corinthians 2 14. The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. People of God, let's wake up to the reality. Of the new nature that is in Christ Jesus. That we have received. Possessing a spiritual gift. Doesn't make you spiritual. If you can be hurt. If you can be sensitive. 
if you can backbite, if you can be jealous, you are still a spiritual baby. You can still be manifesting the gifts of the spirit, but you are still a spiritual baby. So not everybody prophesying today is spiritually matured. Not everyone working miracles is spiritually matured. Not everyone having the word of knowledge is spiritual. No. The church in Corinthians, they were second to none when it came to spiritual gifts. But Paul called them babies in Christ. Paul called them what? Babies in Christ. Why? Divisions among them, backbiting, from biting, bitterness, strife, all critical spirits, all kinds of evil was, was manifest. And it was the same church that Paul said there was fornication among them. That is not common even among the Gentiles. Hallelujah. So if you are not growing in love, let me summarize today's message. If you are not growing in love, you can be influenced by demonic spirits. If you are not growing in love, you can be influenced by what? By demonic spirits. And if you can be influenced by demonic spirits, then how are you going to have authority over them? How are you going to exercise authority over them? A man who is not growing in love can be influenced by demonic spirits. So you see so many Christians who are looking for deliverance today. They are not actually looking for deliverance. They, they are looking for the right word. They are looking for the right diet. What they are saying is that they are tired of drinking milk. They want the strong meat. They want to grow. They want to grow. But for these men of God to make money, they have to keep you with the mentality that you need deliverance. And then every day, come for a deliverance session. Every day, every day deliverance, morning deliverance, afternoon deliverance, morning deliverance, afternoon deliverance. They are never being fed with the word of God. They are never being told that the love of Christ is poured into their heart. They can walk in love. They are never being distinguished. They are never being told who they are in Christ Jesus, what Christ did for them. They are never being told about the present day ministry of Christ Jesus. They don't know the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's so sad. It's so sad. But most Christians think that spiritual gifts, possessing spiritual gifts means that you are spiritually grown. No, 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 no. It's a capital lie. It's not true. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. Paul said, when it comes to spiritual gifts, no, you are not behind in spiritual gifts. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says you are babies. You are not spiritually grown. You are not spiritual. You are babies. You are babies. So the body of Christ is suffering today. You see, this is what is happening now. So many men of God out there are genuinely called of God. But they are not able to grow. What they do is that they start their ministries with spiritual gifts. And not spiritual growth. So they end up having gifts. And they gather children. They gather a lot of people among them. And they are not able to grow them. They are not able to mature those children. So they are babies leading babies. 
You are babies doing what? Leading babies. The man of God is walking in carnality. He's not spiritual. His members are also walking in carnality. They are not spiritual. Yet, when they start singing, the gifts of the Spirit are manifesting. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let me share this with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you truly want to grow in love, study the book of 1 Corinthians. It will help you a lot. You, you will understand a church and down with the gifts of the Spirit, yet they were classified as spiritual babies. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32. 32 to 33. Watch here. I love this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 32 to 33. It said, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the Church of Christ. Please underline that phrase. Underline that scripture. Mark it. Give no offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the Church of Christ. You know the Jews, the people that still believe that the Messiah will come and redeem them. Who are the Gentiles? The unbelievers. And then the church, we are the church. Paul said, give no offense. You know what the young translation said? The young translation, young literal translation said this. It said, become offenseless both to the Jewish people and to the Greeks and to the assembly of God. Because what? Offenseless. How do you know you are growing in love? How do I know I am growing in love? When I become what? Offenseless. Offense what? Offenseless. When I come to a point where I can no longer envy you, when I can no longer backbite, when I can no longer be bitter, when I can no longer be selfish, then you know you are walking in love. You know you are growing. He said, become offenseless. So, there are three, these are three groups of people in this world. We have the Jewish people who are still waiting for the Messiah to come even though he has come. We have the Gentiles. Those are the unbelievers. Then we have the body of Christ. And Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is telling us we should be offenseless towards these people. We should not cause them to stumble. Other translations say that. Do not cause the Jewish people to stumble. Do not cause unbelievers to stumble. Do not cause the body of Christ to stumble. Did you see that? That is walking in love. That is walking in love. That's what we are told in 1 John. He that walketh in love, he that loveth his brother, there is no occasion for stumbling. Error. He cannot fall. He cannot stumble. So if you think that walking in love is just between you as a Christian and a fellow Christian, think twice. That's why Jesus said, love those who hate you. Unbelievers hate you, but love them. They persecute you, but love them. They maltreat you, they use you, love them. He said, be offenseless towards them. Be offenseless towards unbelievers. Be offenseless towards the brethren. Be offenseless towards the Jewish people. There are only three types of people here on earth. Naturally, the Jewish people, the unbelievers, and the body of Christ. 
And Paul, by the Holy Spirit, saying we should be offenseless towards each one of them. Offenseless towards them. Don't cause them to stumble. And the only way to be offenseless towards them is to walk in love towards them. You walk in love towards the Jewish people. You walk in love towards the unbelievers. You walk in love towards the brethren. Look at what Paul went on to say in verse, uh, verse 33. He said, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many. Man, when I saw this, I said, Lord, I don't know if I've entered this realm, but give me the grace. Paul is saying that I am not seeking the profit of myself. I am seeking the profit of others. Hey, listen carefully. So walking in love, growing in love, to know that you are growing in love, you are seeking the profit of others. You are seeking the blessings of others. You are seeking the wealth of others. You are seeking the wealth of others. You are seeking for them to be worthy, to be rich, to be prosperous. Man, this is not a common love. This is not human love. This is divine love. This is divine love. Only divine love can do that. Only the love of Christ can do that. That you are not seeking for your own profit. You are not seeking for your own profit. You are not seeking for your own wealth. You are not seeking for your own blessings. You are seeking for the blessings of the brethren. Uh, look, Paul said this. Be offenseless towards the Jewish people. Be offenseless towards the Greeks. The, the unbelievers. Be offenseless towards the, the Christians. And Paul says, Paul says, even as are please all men, seeking for their profit. So Paul was seeking for the profit of the Jewish people. He was seeking for the profiting of the unbelievers, the Gentiles. He was seeking for the profiting of what? The church. And that is the sign of walking in love. That is the sign of what? Walking in love. The first acid test to know that you are growing in love is when you come to a point where you can no longer be hurt. You are no longer sensitive. No matter what they say about you, no matter what you hear, you are no longer sensitive. You are no longer walking in bitterness. You are no longer walking in unforgiveness. That's the first acid test. No bitterness, no strife. You are always promoting peace, even if it hurts you. That's the first sign. The second sign that you are growing in love is to seek for others to be blessed more than you. To seek for others to be what? To be blessed more than you. To seek for others to be enriched. To enrich others. <laughs> I don't know how many people in the body of Christ can say they want to do that. I don't know how many people are willing to do that. That they are enriching others. Haven't you heard the same Paul said? He said, he said, he said he said, being poor, he said, even though being poor, making many rich. Do you see that? He said, being poor, make, yeah, making many rich. He said, persecuted, but not forsaken. Hallelujah. People of God, the mark of Christianity is walking in love. No other way to prove it. No other way to prove it. If you are walking in love, you won't walk in bitterness, no matter who offended you. If you are walking in love, you won't be sensitive. If you are walking in love, 
you will not be easily hurt. If you are walking in love, you will not backbite. You will not walk in bitterness. If you are walking in love, you will not walk in the flesh. The sad part of this is that Christians can actually be carnal. Christians can actually be influenced by demons. That is the part that bothers me so much. So Christians who are refusing to walk in love will be influenced by demons and they will go from one church to another church looking for deliverance. Because demons will influence them to do things that will hinder their blessings. And then they will be looking for deliverance. Be looking for deliverance. So many people out there who are looking for deliverance are not looking for deliverance. They just need understanding to grow. They just, they just need to grow in love. When they grow in love, they will soon understand that the devil has been defeated and his powers over their lives is broken. And they will take advantage and enforce their victory over the devil through the word of God. Hallelujah. The scripture says, until we all come to the unity of the faith. Until we all come to the unity of the faith. The truth is that if you are seeking for someone's profiting, there is no way you will not be you will not profit yourself. That's what Jesus said: that do unto men as you want men to do unto you. So, if you are seeking for somebody else to be blessed above you, if you are seeking for somebody else to be more blessed, to be more prosperous, man, you are equally seeking for yourself. That's how it works in the kingdom. That's why in the kingdom we say, give and to be given unto you, good measure, pressed and shaken together, running over. But because we don't understand these principles, men and women of God have to use crooked means to siphon money from people. So they come with fake prophecies. They come with all kinds of gimmicks. And then they take money. But if you are walking in love and you start practicing this giving grace as you are giving, you are being, you are receiving. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you give, the more, no matter how small it is, the more you receive. That's the law. That's the that's the principle. Even as I please men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. But the profit of many that they may be saved. But the profit of many that they may be saved. That is the true test of love. That is the true test of love. When you are no longer seeking for your own profit, but the profit of the brethren, the profit of the Jewish people, the profit of the unbelievers, the profit of the church, that you know that you've stepped into full maturity in the things of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is how to grow in love. Spiritual gifts are no proof that you are growing in love. No. You can have this gift and still be kind of like Paul said. But when you enter to a point, you can no longer be hurt. You can no longer be sensitive. You are no longer selfish. You are no longer walking in bitterness. Then you have stepped into the love of Christ. When you are looking for the best of every man, when you, are, when, when you have the best the interest of every man at heart, then we know you are walking in love. Hallelujah. 
Begin with the brethren first. Start looking for the prophet of the brethren. It won't be long. You'll be able to look for the prophet of the Gentiles. It won't be long. You'll be able to look for the prophet of the, the Jewish people. That is the mark of true love. That is the mark of what? True love. And by that, you are able to win them to Christ. You are able to draw them to Christ. So, so they, they are not impressed. They, look, the miracles that are happening in churches today, you'll be surprised to know that demonic men and women are also performing those miracles. The only thing they can do is to seek for the profit of others. 1 Corinthians verse 10, 33. Even as I seek for the profiting of others, that I may save many. That I may save many. As I seek for the profit of others, that I may save many. Do you want to save many people? Do you want many people to be born again? Do you want people to be born again through your hands? Do you want people to be born again through your ministry? Seek for their profit. Seek for their profit. Seek for their profit. Find ways for them to be blessed. Find ways for them to prosper. Find ways for them to be rich. And you will easily win them to Christ. The love of Christ in your heart. Working towards the brethren. Towards the Gentiles. Towards the Jewish. That is the sign of spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. If you have been listening to us. If not made Jesus your Lord and Savior. There is no way you can seek for the profit of others. You look at it in our governments today. Look at it in our various countries today. A politician become a, a man become a politician becomes a senator becomes an MP or a governor. All he's seeking for him and the family. He steals the government's money. He and the family go and hide it somewhere. That is not love. You can't walk in the God kind of love until you have made Jesus your Lord and Savior. That is what the scripture says that God is not imputing the sins of the world unto them. He did not, Jesus didn't come to this world to condemn the world, but through him that he must save the world, to save the world. The condemnation will come later, but this is the dispensation of saving. And the only way he could save the world was to die for them. He gave his life for them. He gave his life for their profiting. Are you willing to do that? If you are willing to receive Christ as the Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Baptize me with your love. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Thank you for baptizing me with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. From today, I will allow your love to rule my heart, to control my mind. And I will seek for the profit of others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have prayed this prayer, we are so grateful, we are so thankful that you made this decision. Please let us know. Leave us a comment indicating that you gave your life to Christ and we will reach out to you and help you to grow in your walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. And we are so excited that you took this important decision today. In Jesus' precious name. I'm going to provide your communion elements and you partake of it in faith. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray over these elements, which represents the blood and the flesh of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that as we partake of these elements as the blood and the flesh of Jesus, we are partaking of his love. We will encounter a fresh baptism 
of the love of Christ in us, that we will go out there and seek for the profit of others, not our own profiting, but the profit of others, will be offenseless to the Jewish people, to the Greeks, and to the body of Christ. Thank you, Father, for this grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Thank you for joining us. Please take time and go back and listen to these messages. You can be a Christian and still walk as a natural man and still be controlled by demons. The only way to leave that realm of being controlled by demons is to grow in love, to walk in love. And that is the essence of today's message. Please take time and listen to this message again. Do a watch party with this message. Invite your friends, share them in any platform that you want. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I release God's favor upon you. This week is declared a week of blessings and favor. Your going out is blessed. Your coming in is blessed. Men will bless you. Men will favor you. The love of God coming out of you will draw multitudes to Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Uh, we will see you next week. Please join us again next week, 10 a.m. God bless you. Have a wonderful, prosperous week. Peace. Shalom.